Hi, welcome to the Drive by Brian podcast. Let me your ears and listen to me and my guests as we drive around uncovering their personal stories. The saying goes, everyone and everything around is your teacher. So join me on this ride and let's see where it leads us. Welcome to Drive by Brian. <laughs> Thanks Hello. for having me here. Yes. Uh, yes, we're in an unpredictable uh, world. Nobody wants to hear us, but apparently the first recording didn't work. But you know what? We're still breathing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Shams, hasn't been six months. Yes. It's sir. been less than six days. And it's been a failed recording. We've been here already. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not going to even think about it. How's your day been, man? I've been great. Zoned out on my usual workload and looking forward to us having this meeting which was amazing yeah and now we gotta recreate the amazingness do you know what it's on our heads and we don't want to digress so in the last conversations conversation in the last podcast you spoke about um discipline Mm -hmm. and so what I wanted to ask you about discipline is in the sense that without having a boss or a manager behind your back, mm-hmm. how do you stay disciplined into doing your everyday routine? What saved me was this abbreviation, NLP. NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming which is essentially brain language programming. And what it does for anybody's life is life changing. Just from one technique, you realize that everything about how you're going to go forward is going to be so organized. I do work in different areas and NLP helped me control my thoughts, helped me control my five senses internally. And once I controlled myself internally, controlling my five senses internally, I was able to control my external world. I was responsible for my world Mm. because of that. And to give you a quick example of how it works, how it's used against us as people. When you go to buy a car, for example, and the salesman greets you and they say, okay, right this way. They start walking with you towards the cars. And they just have some normal conversation with you. How you been? What you been up to? You might tell them you went on holiday. Oh, wow. How was it? And you start going into detail. Right. Now you're telling them, oh my God, I was sightseeing. It looks so amazing. This, that, and the other. But what you've actually done is you've told them what your strategy is. Because NLP is based on our five senses. Visual, auditory, feeling. you got the sense of smell and taste, but the main ones we use are the three, visual, auditory, and feeling. Right. So when you tell the salesman that you are sightseeing, you've told him that you love seeing things. You like the visual. Right. So when he shows you the car, he's not going to make you listen to the radio. He's not going to make you listen to the engine first. He's going to focus on what you said makes you tick, which is the visual. Look at the interior. Look at the seats of the car. Look at the wheels. Look at the detail. Come have a view of the engine. Those are the things that he's going to use because he knows you're a visual person. So it's used against us in those ways. And when you use it in your own world, it's because you want to know how it is you can do something. 
So to do that, you have to find a way to motivate yourself. So you ask yourself, okay, the last time I was motivated, what was the first thing that I did to motivate myself? Was it something I saw, something I heard, or something I felt? Mm. If it's something you saw, you tick that box. It was a visual. You ask yourself, what was the next thing that I enjoyed after seeing? Was it something I heard or something I felt? If it's something you heard, you tick the next box. So you go from visual to what you heard. And so, so now you know, step by step, if I'm going to motivate myself, mm. I have to watch things first, visual. Secondly, I have to hear it. Those are usually the strategies that tick me to putting myself in a certain great state of mind, a motivational state of mind. Yeah. You don't start with listening to something and then go to the visual because you're going against the order of how your body functions for you to be motivated. So once you understand how your brain works with yeah. NLP, mm. then you just put it into any context of your life, whether you want to get over phobias, whether you want to quit stuff, whether it deals with anything in right. your life and you just find out the strategy of how to overcome it, change your perception because that's what you're initially ultimately doing you're changing your perception and that's what he's teaching you how to do that's so how, discipline so how, how did you even come across nlp was it just um during your your time essentially when you're going through hard times or is it more recent we say like some say blessings and um from the last interview i said when you are doing things in your life if you don't stop whether it's something you got to do uh, every hour and you realize you can't do an hour drop it down to 30 minutes drop it down to 10 minutes just don't not do it keep doing it and the more you keep doing it every day the more you see things happening in your life that were unexpected the more chances you have of these lucks and blessings to occur because you're consistently doing the same thing and that was the story with me i constantly was curious about what it is I need to do in my life coming from being homeless. What can I do? What is it that's going on? And um, a guy randomly saw me one day. He kept seeing me regularly mm. and he said to me, um, hey, I always see you, but what are you doing with yourself? Because you always seem to be just lurking. I had nothing else to do, really and truly. I was lost. Wow. And I just told him, oh, um, I, I, I like this, I like that, but I've, I don't have something that's really strong. And then he was like, oh, me, I'm quitting my job. I've read a book and the book teaches me how to start my own business, my own life. He just said it in passing. I just said, oh, that's great. He was like, I think you should read this book. I thought, wow. what the hell? Okay. And he said, I'll get it for you. It's 10 pounds. I'll get it for you. When I have it, I'll just let you know and you can come and get it. That was it. That's literally how it happened. Mm. Bumped into him another day and he had the book. And um, the book was Ultimate Power, A Black Choice by Tony Robbins and reading that book I learned it, I, I don't even call it a book it's a soul to me it became like a soul which is where I was introduced to NLP techniques right how to remember things and because I had so many because I was so disorganized because I loved so many things so I didn't have a direction I was just lost like I don't know what to do with all this information that just keeps circulating in my brain so ultimately reading that book and the NLP strategies mm -hmm. helped me organize myself. And that's what built me Your over discipline. time to become disciplined. No, that's amazing because essentially that whole NLP is like a guidebook into how you manage yourself 
mentally, emotionally, and everything else. Everything. Like, yeah. I've I've done a podcast before about attachment to certain things and letting things go. Yes. And funny enough, we've just lost an episode, but yet, you know mm-hmm. what? I've got to let it go and we've got to move on. That's correct. So that brings me on to essentially you don't have attachments to materialistic things like cars, vehicles, brands, or what people in your generation are into essentially to kind of please other people Mm -hmm. so it takes me on to like we talk about cars and car sales you you Mm -hmm. don't attach yourself to a vehicle because in essence most people are attached to vehicles like for example when i was driving down this street i could see the various vehicles it seems like there's more vehicles than people in the houses (laughs) but everybody's always attached to that like yeah like the it's like the first things we we consider to be of a success is a car. That's right. If you don't have a car, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for your life, you choose not to have a vehicle or car. Mm-hmm. And can you tell me what, what what's that decision about? Like you've had cars and you've said, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, to begin with, if we go back to how it started... I had to make a firm decision with myself, a very conscious decision. And that was, I can either go back to the fraudulent life I was living. Yeah. Make a lot of money to show off again and splash. And I knew what the feeling of showing off and splashing money was. And I was splashing it at high numbers. So for me, after that life happened and the consequences that came with it almost had me down and out and dead I had to decide I can continue this life and keep avoiding these consequences as much as I can or I either start afresh and figure out where I'm going with myself but I didn't know where I was going but one thing I did know is I don't want to go back to that life and two I do not want to get a job because I don't want to be under a control of someone else so the only way that was left was to be broke i got Mm. no way of money coming in i'm not working for anybody to also make money and broke led to homeless so these are conscious decisions i'm in pain for all these times of course but to even be able to make that kind of conscious decision itself it comes with a certain type of confidence a certain type of discipline that not many people have because that's like one of the worst places the one of the worst positions to be in your life to make it a conscious decision to go there and say you're going to restart you don't know how but it's going to somehow work Mm. that meant I was very disciplined in whatever way I didn't know and going forward with my life that became the ethos the basis of my life became that strong discipline and I also learned my weaknesses so I learned to put my weaknesses aside even if there were beneficial in some way like getting a car and being able to drive about go see friends and do this or that Mm. I wanted to be focused and having a car allowed me to have the freedom to do other things than be focused and I knew my weakness was knowing the car's right there for me to just get in I'm two minutes down the road from you man I'm coming through I'll see you soon Yeah, I didn't want that no more so is my business really going to be affected if I don't have a car in the situations I'm in no because I live next to the station i get on the train i go to london i go do what i do in london you don't need a car you get around go back on the train go back home Mm. you're right next to the station you're back in your world 
I use my laptop a lot, mm. so I don't need a lot at the so point. So you kind of minimalize what attachments are like are holding on to you. Essentially, mm-hmm. you got the freedom to move about and conduct your business in a way. That's um, right. In NLP, you're talking about understanding neurolinguistic. So mm-hmm. obviously, I'll take it as the brain. Mm-hmm. How people work. How, what do you understand about human nature? What have you observed about most people? If it, you know your line of work in terms of the relationship advice, um, when I say human nature, essentially I always bring everything back together to we're all looking for love and connection. Yes, yes. Well, in that NLP journey, it opened me up to the understanding of myself as a human first of all yeah and then i understood how it's used against us in society with people who understand how we function as computers not as just oh there's a person walking down the road as the bodily functions of your internal self and they use it against you to sell you things to do things to whether it's to take you out everything that is done from somebody else towards you there's a strategy that's used to do it. Mm. So once I knew that this NLP actually embodies all humans, because it's based on one thing we all have, five senses, then I did go on this journey of trying to help humans out. But along the journey, of course, I realized that there was an imbalance. We all have issues, we all have problems, we need help in many ways. But one of the things I did notice was the lack of awareness in women. Mm. And I know at the beginning when I used to say this, it would trigger it would trigger women, to be honest. Because, of course, if someone just comes and says, hey, you have issues, or not directly, but yeah. generalizing and saying, oh, I realize that a lot of women seem to act a certain way. You might feel some type of way too, even as a man, if someone's saying that to you about generally men. So I understood this. But what I did mean was very detailed and very specific. And what we all know is a woman can tell you what she wants from a man. Mm. She's very specific. And we can even guess it because we have heard it so much. She wants a guy with a great personality. Yeah. Um, he's got to be earning six figures or a good amount of money, financially stable, ambitious. Uh, he's got to be a certain height. To, to a lot of women yeah, and some to a certain degree they want them to be a certain type of fitness but those are the we know what women want automatically because women always say these things so it was that that started me off on the journey of thinking I have to help women because they they don't have time they don't have the time to be playing this I hope game. I'll get it yeah. game that they're in and what I realized was when you then ask them one question, it changes everything. And the question was, you tell me that you want this kind of man, but what does this, what does this kind of man that you want? What does he want from you? And every time I asked any girl that question, they were baffled. They hadn't either thought it through mm. or they would be so vague in their understanding that it was almost nothing. They understood about it. Mm. And that became part of the major issue. Women seem to know what they want, but they don't know what the kind of men they want want from them. And 
<laughs> we need to get to understand the balance because if it's leaning just on the understanding of what a woman wants, yeah, we're living in a world of 65 million people in the UK. And in 65 million people, 34 million are women. But in that 34 million, let's say about 20 million, because we're taking away the kids and whatever, the, we're talking about the dating age, 18 and above. Then there's about 20 million of the women who are available for dating. Yeah. And in that 20 million, a, a majority of those women want a similar type of guy, a guy who's ambitious and financially stable to be a provider and yeah. offer security. Yeah, yeah. And the guy's got to be a certain height. And phys physical, physical build. build. Yeah. All these things, if we just take all of the rest out and just go with the financially free part, mm. financially free is around six figures. Right. Even if we go from £75,000 going up. But when you get to six figures, that's when you're really talking about yeah. the people that you're talking about. And most women want this kind of guy. But then when you realise there's 20 million women looking for this guy, how many of these guys exist? You find out there's only 450,000 people earning that over £100,000 and more. 1% of the whole population <laughs> is earning that amount. That is bizarre to know that the majority of women, if not all of them, don't know this number. They don't know that there's only a limited amount. There's a rare amount of men in this world, in this country, if we're using the UK, who are earning that amount of money to give a financially free, stable life. So when you realize that that's the limited amount that there is, you as a woman, what are you doing to attract this kind of men? And the issue is not attracting them after, it's the keeping in part that women suffer with. Okay. Because you can attract him because you're beautiful. But if you don't know this, if you don't have the skills that he wants, which is like, I won't, I won't, I won't get too spiritual, go to the Bible. Yeah. But one of the sayings that is, um, a man finds a wife, meaning he finds her already. She already exists. She's already a wife by yeah. the time he finds her. Right. Right. She's not trying to learn on the job because when you speak about women um, talking about what they want, if a man comes in and he, he he is what you want, do you have the skill set? Do you have the tools? Do you know what he wanted for you to now be able to keep him? And that's where you find the women who are looking for these rare men, they mm. don't have the skills to know how to keep them because they don't know what these men want. They, they weren't even thinking about it to a massive but degree. The most part, I, I feel like... Their body is mm -hmm. their sales part of things. If 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 you're gonna say men, we're we're gonna be visual first and say, oh, she's good looking. Yes. So the women say, okay, I have to look this way. Mm -hmm. But after the the aesthetics of it, yes. okay, what am I bringing after the looks? That's right. So am I and my home key, what can I do after that? Exactly, and the person with the leverage in this case is the guy, because he's the rare figure. He is in a plate of 450,000 men in a 65 million people country, and there's 20 million females who are looking for someone like him. 450,000 versus 20 million. That mm. means he's got the leverage, because yeah, yeah. he can leave and go find millions of other women. Yeah. You will find him and you'll be hard 
Dunbar to find another one like him. Yeah. You find the men earning less and all these kind of other attributes that they come with, but the one who's earning that amount and is a good guy, yeah. you're very limited. So when you do meet him, you have to take your chance, meaning you have to know what he wants and be prepared to give that to him too because he's already coming with the things that you want. So that became, of course, the ultimate um, cause of my purpose to help women the most. Mm. Because... Um, yeah, because it's, it's normally, here's a guy, you're mm-hmm. going to help other guys, which seems quite over-stereotype. You guys are talking amongst yourselves. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do you know what we want? But actually, you flipped the page and you said you're going to help the women first. That's correct. Which is unheard of. Of course. In what the industry is going towards, as far as I see. And the people who lose out, and ultimately, are the women because time is working against them. Yeah. Biologically, you can't fight numbers. You can't fight stats. You can't fight nature. You can't fight biology. The older women get, the more issues they have to deal with. Whether we're talking about geriatric pregnancy, from the age of 35, um, having children, getting pregnant is already being... A case being used as a case of avoid it by 42 they're telling you don't do it so what mm. do other women do so if you're spending your 20s going up into your 30s and you're not aware of the skills you have to have to attract the guy and keep him for marriage or for a long relationship yeah. that means you're going to go into your 30s and in your 30s you're less likely to find him now because these guys want something and generally they're looking for younger women because biologically again na- nature wise men are attracted to beauty and in the beauty they're attracted to young beauty because in the younger beauty they know that the women are more fertile um, for having their babies and a long-term um, lifestyle of looking after the child a certain way and understanding the men early on in the 20s so there's a whole lot of things that come with these men that women don't think about until it's too late and then you hear women talking about freezing their eggs mm. and then you find out that out of the women who do freeze their eggs only um, 30% out of 100% succeed in having a child from these eggs. So it's not even like when you do that, you're guaranteed to still hold out and then get what you want. It's, there is limitations in every area. And the issue is people don't know the numbers, the data, the information that goes, because if they knew, they would move faster in their life to get what they want. Subconsciously, I think they, they kind of know what, what's going on, but mm-hmm. the, the influence of social media and society in itself, I think it's kind of masking that in the essence to say we've got more time than we do we, we you do have it, time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. biology in essence of what a woman wants in the family and the success and everything i think at some point you have to give up one or the other like that's right it, 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 that's but right. to even say that in this today's in today's society it's it's as if I'm being sexist or it sounds like you're going against females in, in, in essence. But like you said, if biology says that at some point, actually, if you don't, you're not going to have kids in this uh, time span, mm-hmm. you're going to be freezing your eggs, you know? Yeah. And freezing your eggs is not cheap. It's cost uh, yeah. five grand. In <laughs> so it costs you money. So there's things that, but ultimately, um, like you said, they'll say sexist or whatever. Facts are things you can't just dispute and say because I feel like. It doesn't matter how you feel about what it is. Is Are they facts? Is it true or false? Because if it's true and it's backed up by proof, then there's really not much we can talk about except for 
just go about what you think you want to do and you see the results come out like the data said in mm. the end because as as women get older men the thing is culture's trying to make or the system is trying to make it this confusion is making it out that women and men want the same things in each other mm. whereas the truth is women want a specific type of things in men and men are attracted by different things in women and the truth is the older men get the more they become the ones that end up in the top one percent whatever yeah they are the ones that they get they get richer as they get older into their late 30s into their 40s into their 50s that's when these men start earning these high amounts of money so it's been proven statistically that men earn more so the thing that women want earn start men start to get it more mm -hmm. as time goes by within their years and the thing that men want women have it when they're younger they have it at, at its best when they're younger so it's already an opposite end game and the one who's got less time is the women in this case and that's just the truth so like i say when i help women out i help the ones who want the help because to argue with someone who's just upset at what the reality is is not going to benefit me when i could be helping someone who's really trying to make these changes so they can get the outcomes that actually make a better future that's what's more important the other women who are who are more on the um, I don't need no man. I'm mm. independent. Yeah. I always am intrigued by these women because, like I say, in the top 1%, only 91,000 females are earning uh, over 100,000. Right. Only 91,000 and 450,000 are men. So it's that 17% of women are earning that within that 1%. So when women say I'm a boss chick I'm independent I don't need no man yeah and you look at what they do in their lives financially to make money and stuff like that you realize they're living in another fantasy because if you really go into the nitty-gritty if you go into the detail of it which this is one of the most important informations I give to females because after I give this information then we can get into being accountable and seeing what's actually available and possible in the time that they do have so when a woman asks me uh, or tells me oh um, i don't need no man i'm independent i'll survive to the end of my time okay what are you going to do when you retire i'm going to travel the world mm. they, a lot of them say that i'm going to travel i'm going to do what i want i'll be free <clears throat> yeah okay let's talk about the numbers let's talk about how much you're going to have to get to this traveling most people in the country earn a normal pay normal being the median the average income in the uk is around 31 to 35,000. So let's go with 35,000 mm. average income in the UK. And that's what most people are earning at the peak of their um, salaries. So if you say you're independent, you don't need no man, you're going to live to the end of time alone and enjoy your life. If you're earning 35,000, let's get into the reality check. How much money do you need to have saved to retire and enjoy your life to the fullest not live below par not live below average you're living way above average so that you can enjoy traveling freely and enjoying your life yeah how much money do you need in america it's 1.5 to 2 million you need to have saved by the end of 66 67 years old yeah when you, when you retire give or take inflation rates yeah. exactly so in the uk how, how many millions do you need even if you say 1 million is all you need yeah then let's go with that then so you're earning 35,000. So from the age of 30, 
if you're saving your money for 30 years or till you're 60, 65, 67, 60. So that's 35,000, right? Mm -hmm. Times 30 years. That's 1 million and 50,000 pounds. 1 million and 50,000. That's how much money you've made earning 35,000 pounds a year to the age of 65. Okay then, you still have to factor in living expenses. So let's go with the rent being an average, a small amount, I'm gonna be nice and say, let's say 1,000 pounds a month. Mm. So 1,000 pounds a month for 12 months, that's 12,000 a year. And in that 12,000, we're gonna multiply that by 30 together right. 30 years again yeah and that's 360,000 so from that 1 million and 50,000 pounds it goes down to 690,000 pounds okay and if you consider food shopping even if I give it a generous 50 pounds a week that's 200 pounds a month so that's 2,200 pounds a year okay we factor in traveling whether it's by car or by public transport so let's say an average of 30 pounds a month for petrol or for whichever one you're using, if you want to say public trans traveling. Yeah. So that's 360 pounds a year. Okay, home internet. A month, roughly 30 pounds again. So a year, 360 pounds. Phone bills, again, 30 pounds a month, meaning in a year, 360, 000, uh, 360 pounds. So all these expenses taken off from that 690,000 will leave you with 687,720 pounds. Okay. Now, let's go further. Take away the tax. <laughs> that we all forget, yeah. Which in the UK, tax for someone earning 35,000 is 7,546 pounds. Yeah. So, if you're earning 35 a year, you got 7,546 to tax, so you multiply that by 30 years, which takes you to 226,080 pounds. So let's take away from the 687,720. That leaves you with 461,000 pounds, 440. So we've gone from that 1 million so far, 1 million. Yeah, 50, it's taken a lot of. And we're at 461,440. Let's add inflation. Yeah. In that 30 year period, money loses value over yeah. time, as we all know. So if you look at that, that's gonna take you down to about 300,000 left. Yeah. Right? So, that's also if you were saving, not going out, traveling on holiday, buying cars, extras, yeah. house equipment, um, personal equipment, because if you add this in, you end up with an average of about 100,000 left between the age of 30 to 65, 66, 67. Yeah. 100,000 left. This is if you're just earning 35,000. Yeah, living. just living. This is just naturally living. There's no, oh, but I can just dream yeah. up another amount. No, yeah. this is just factual. So you got 100,000. But in the UK, the average, the average age of death for women in the UK is 81. So this 100,000 has to last you till average 81 years old after you finish, after you retire. But bear in mind, that's if you were saving. Because for people aged 55 years and above, the average savings in people's accounts in the UK is 20,000. Mm. 
that's in the whole of UK. Average is 20,000. 20, that sounds very generous. What, over the course of the... Yeah. The years? Yeah. So, okay. Until the end when you retire. Right. What's left in your in their accounts and average in the UK is 20,000 pounds and 28 pence if you want <laughs> to get to the nitty-gritty. Specific, yeah. But, okay, we go with that. People talk about pension. In the UK, the average pension is 12,000 pounds a year. Yeah. So, when you look at all of this, all these numbers based on reality, not hope, not wishes. This is based on what each human being does. And so if you listen to this part again, or if you do your own calculations yeah. from the average of 35,000 a year salary, you will clearly see that retirement plans make just enough for basic retirement lifestyles. So this independent boss chick lifestyle stuff that they talk about, it ends with a very bad detrimental. It's not, it's not nice. Mm. It's not a cool place to be when you get to that age and you're old, you're brittle, you're, you need more help. Yeah. You're not just doing backflips as you were when you were in your 20s or 30s. Things have changed and now you've got less money to also use. And people are not thinking this far when they're talking about the independent Essentially, even the whole human connection of just having a partner and mm -hmm. if you're going to say you're going with this boss chick mentality where oh i don't need a man i don't need a partner i'm gonna party with my girlfriends mm -hmm. for as long as i can etc so to flip that then i'll put a positive spin as i like to do mm -hmm. what would you advise to women in this day and age that are possibly listening to this or will listen to this or somebody will refer them to mm -hmm. what positive spin could you put put on top of that which is a good question because it's generally after we've made sure they're aware of this information. Yeah. Then we can, re when they realize they are accountable for the circumstances they're putting themselves in, now we can discuss what it is they want and the chances of them getting it. And then we discuss the chances that are, that are actually available based mm. on the reality of life, not based on the hopes and wishes and lottery tickets, possibilities. Yeah. That's where the help begins. And... <clears throat> You know, there's a there's a saying I've seen it in different in different ways where it says, trying to help people who who are closed from wanting the help. They need the help. You know, they need the help, but they're very closed from retrieving the help. It's much more worse than trying to actually help people who are your enemies. Right. Your enemies are actually friendlier than these people that you know need help yeah but they are very closed off because the way they resent you and how they look at you is far worse than and the enemies, enemies you're dealing with yeah and that's a very strong saying to the society we're living it is in. strong because you're saying the enemies are aware of your potential at least at least yeah so i only do help people after these conversations of facts then if you show your awareness and that you're ready to be accountable for your life and the things that you're dealing with, mm -hmm. then we can get to really talking about things that matter to making changes, your emotions, your lifestyle, your personal history, your family, your upbringing, oh. everything that comes with who you became and you become stronger in that understanding to know why you're in your position and we can now move on to getting you results that actually will work and you're not thinking it's too low a value or too high a value. You're thinking, I actually know this is what is great for me. Yeah. That's... Yeah ultimately what this is all so about benefit of you to be honest um it actually takes me to something that i don't know you know dave 
Of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and he's, um, his album is called We're All Alone In This Together. And it's, it's a beautiful saying because I always tap into quotes and I have quotes about everything and I speak in quotes, I think in quotes. Mm -hmm. And that's possibly a quote or it's just a title that I just leaned onto and I thought that is beautiful. Like to say that regardless you feel like you're alone in, in, in essence of you can't help from anything um, that we're all in this together mm -hmm. essentially uh, so for example I will leave this house I could just jump in my car and go you're alone mm -hmm. and I'll be alone but we're alone in this together, together. essentially nobody's ever really alone mm -hmm. um, and that takes me on to actually um, a presenter who was presenting quite a popular show called Love Island mm -hmm. and unfortunately she took away her life Caroline I think it's Caroline Flack mm -hmm. and in that moment in time I think you would look at her lifestyle and you'd think that she's doing so well she's got you know all the attention to her she's gonna she's a great presenter beautiful woman you know she's got this fantastic boyfriend etc and that's where the problem stemmed from but mm. In when I watched the documentary in itself, it was just kind of showing that how much she she was kind of attacking herself. Mm. In essence, when she was alone, her thought process ended up her committing suicide. And in that in that space, with regardless of all the fame and the money, mm -hmm. she was alone. That's correct. And not knowing that everybody is really alone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's why the purpose of life is to realize life is bigger than you because when you really look at how things work i remember reading um a verse two verses actually that really stood out to me oh a touch me i'll say in the bible one of them was from king david and we know about we all know about king david that name just rings bells instantly and the other person is job but the King David one was one, it was hard hitting because he had become this wise man. And in being wise, he said to God, wiser the more I seem to know, the setter I become. And that is one of the facts of life. The more you seem to realize about the strains of the reality we're living in, the seller you become because you realize how much work is there to be done. But you also realize life is not about you. Life is about helping other people become who they become. And that makes you feel good to know that they're becoming better. And while King David is looking at life as more stressful and sad because he's knowing more, is realizing that people are actually lagging behind mm. and if he could have helped them how happy he would have been that also applies to job job was doing everything great for god and satan said oh yo your god you do know that he only doing this because you're treating him right right and then god said um no that's not true satan was like oh i bet you if he was living different mm. he would not be worshipping you or praying to you God said prove it Satan was like ah, that's my job Satan got on the roll 
made Job go through the worst struggles, starvation, getting beat down, mm. things, just negativity going on in his life on a daily now. Yeah. And Job continued praying to God and thanking God for life and everything. Mm. But one day, like anybody, it will get to you. And Job woke up one day like, yo, God, no, 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 for real, let's talk about this because this ain't right. Why am I doing all these things good for you, but you're letting these things happen to me? Mm. And God was upset. Took Job to a mountain and said, look, look at this. Look at this. See that river there that's flowing and the raccoon that's jumping over it? You see that bird that's flying trying to catch the fish? You see the lion moving with the antelope on the other side? You see how the trees and the leaves are shaking to the wind? I created all of this. I created this earth and then this universe. And you think you have problems. You have problems. <laughs> yeah. And instantly Job realized, oh, wait a second, you're right. It's not about me. Yeah. And the moment I realized to humble myself that it's not about me, it's about us people. Definitely. It, it, it takes me back to like, a famous quote I heard is the meaning of life mm -hmm. is to help others find meaning in theirs. Exactly. Now I tell you, man, it's, it's, I talk about my homelessness as a passing story now because yeah. I fully understand what it meant to go through that. The pain, I remember those days, I used to cry at the train station, yeah. flats behind the foyer, yeah. the flats behind the train station. I would go kick a door in to go in to sleep at night so I can just be warm to some degree, wake up at 7 a.m. when people are getting ready for work and act like I'm just walking out, coming from <laughs> Yeah, house. like you're, you're going to a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I would, have been, I would have spent the night by the stairs crying and asking God, why? Why am I? Why me? People tell me I'm intelligent. People say I dress well. Yeah. People say I'm articulate. But look at where I've put myself. What am I meant to learn from this? Like, I don't even have a direction. It's fantastic because essentially... At the same time, you knew you had to go through that mm -hmm. because I could, you could easily, so people could say, oh, you've got options. Yeah, definitely would say you got options. But you chose the hard route. Because the options become comfortability. You, yeah, you literally remove the comfort blanket mm -hmm. from where a lot, a lot of people sit under today. That's why I realized that it was bigger than me. Because if it was just about me, I would have been just working anywhere and just saying I'm surviving. <laughs> but it was bigger than me. And it takes this hardship, taking off this blanket yeah, to get to that realization, to really find that character within yourself. If you're living in comfort, that character never turns up and you never know yourself there. Would you reckon then that there's a lot of people who are built to be average in the sense that I know you and I, we have wild dreams. We go beyond mm -hmm. scope that most people just think, oh, these weird people, why are they so, like, why do they want more? Mm. But yet, you see the average regular person, they will watch somebody do something amazing. I don't mm -hmm. know, like, I was saying to my wife the other day, it was like around Christmas, and we we're just walking to, my, going into my cousin's flat, because mm -hmm. after Christmas, actually. And I, and I looked up, and, and I just find meaning in so many things yeah. I looked up and I saw a plane I was like do you realise <laughs> that was somebody's idea once <laughs> I, I know she I don't know how she puts up with me because that's how <laughs> deep I go I was like somebody 
<laughs> sat there and thought, why not? <laughs> it's very true. And and I'm sitting here th- and I can't think why not myself. Mm, mm. So you think? So I'm thinking, made... why am I limiting myself? What? <laughs> Do you know what? The only limit would be if I let others limit me. That's right. Yeah. Or it's through fear or whatever because the sky's the limit. They say, and somebody went above that. That's <laughs> you it. Know? Yeah. That's it. The saying, "Your worst enemy is yourself," rings always. So. So you're right. Some people maybe to some degree because like I, like we say, not everyone. The world is being created in a way where it's creating comfort. Yeah. So the more comfort created, the less you feel inclined to go out and step out to, to put yourself through stuff. Yeah. You're thinking everything is already done. I don't need to. I just need to get my laptop. I need to get my controller. My game is waiting. I need to just go work. Come home. Be my friend. Yeah. The everything food's in is, the supermarket. Exactly. This and the other, especially in the. Obviously, in uh, more developed countries, essentially, yeah. So you can say, yeah, some people are made to, because if you look at nature, you can you can't escape the 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 truth, which is, even in the animal kingdoms, you see that there's there's the queen or there's the king of the jungle or mm. there's and within each one of those animal kingdoms. There's also the ones that are doing the work, just or whether you go from ants mm. themselves to monkeys, to lions to cheetahs. There's always a hierarchy. A hierarchy. Yeah. <clears throat> so, when you come into human society, we are animals. Our nature is that. Yeah. So no matter how much technology we create, we're still living within the nature of our confinements for them to exist the way that we are, for some people to then elevate themselves, to go through certain things and then wake up, and some people to go through those things and lose themselves, is the nature part of life that that cannot change. It's, it's, it's a balance. You got a beautiful sunny day one day, you got rain the next day, you got a hurricane another day, mm. you got volcanoes another. Everything is balanced ultimately to bring everything back full circle. Oh, it's, yeah, I, I can see where you're going there. Definitely, mm. definitely. But I would, personally, I would like to thank you, well, to say that you've been my friend for many years and we <laughs> met in a weirdest situation <laughs> back in school. Yeah, man. Um, Do you remember how I met you before we even get to this? <laughs> they need to know this. Well, you showed up at my school, yeah. No, you think that's the... Fr- I've told you this. Oh, no, oh, no, no. I used to God. walk past your school, your, your old school. And what happened? That I used to walk past your old school. I I was oblivious. I was going to school. So what anybody else thought about me that I was walking past, I don't know. Let me tell you. Yeah. I used to be with Simeon. Right. A close friend home. of ours in common. Yeah. Very close guy. And I would see you. Didn't know you. Yeah. At all. Just seeing this black guy walking. You just look carefree in your own <laughs> world. And I, I disliked the hell out of you. I wanted to I, fight you. I won't you. lie to you. I get that. I used to get that a lot. Mm-hmm. That people had a uh, um, a negative vibe yeah. to me, even though I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> exactly. You just look carefree, like nothing is bothering I you. I got that in the classroom. There's a guy called Scott, <laughs> and he's like, he doesn't look like he. he, he I just I robbed him up the wrong way without even saying anything. That's without cool. That's anything. fine. I, and and I was just, you know, man, that's to, to sit to this day. <laughs> that was my first 
my first um, introduction to your existence. Me mm. looking at you like I would fight him any day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm creating the energy <laughs> from just nothing, basically, without even realizing. And then, little do we know, next thing I'm in your school, and next thing we're together all the time. That is, and now we're here, Brian, man. Come on, man. And I'm sitting in your house. How many years later? <laughs> it's like 15, 16, 17, 18. Sorry, years later. You couldn't write it. You could not you predict it. Predict you could not predict it at all. And within that, I do want to commend you, too. Because away from the growth in those times, the growth of your world where you are now. Yeah. I've talked to you so many times. I've watched you. I've watched you talk yourself into it (laughs) and begin doing it. Yeah. And I was saying to you the other day, because we speak on a personal level away from all this anyway. And I was telling you that I look at your life as a family man who also on the other side has a vision. And mm. has to fight the tug of war, the push and pull of that journey. Because it's not the same as someone just waking up with freedom and saying, oh, I have a vision. Let me work on my vision for the rest of the day. You have to multitask in a way that is so hard. Mm. And you got yourself into this position and you are fighting to stick on. That's very commendable. And I look forward to your success as you become success to even get to where you are right now has been a success itself. So I can only look forward to the next few several years of your success. No, that's beautiful. And I I commend you actually being um, somebody that I can look up to and call as as an older brother. Like just just to ring you and just say, look, I've got these thoughts. And you you pick up the phone. Like Mm -hmm. essentially in this day and age, nobody does phone calls Mm -hmm. anymore. And you (laughs) happen to be the only person that I would speak for hours on the phone to because I'm just tapped into that. Spirit. Mm. So for you to come back and say, you know what, you appreciate where the position a man I'm in. Sorry, mm-hmm. trying to build something, just express myself in a certain way. Yeah, man. While trying to maintain the balance of a regular life, a mm-hmm. regular job, a family man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that I've got you on the phone call to just say, look, I'm, I'm thinking about these ideas. This is pulling me that way. That's pulling me this way. Mm-hmm how do I go about this? And thank you for pushing me to carry on the podcast because that's the beauty of self-expression where mm-hmm. I am, I love speaking. I This is my communication, human connection. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't catch me on a on a WhatsApp with the same, <laughs> that's with the true. same energy. Not the same emotion. No, I love nah. it, man. Thank you. No, nah, th- thanks for this again, Shams. And 100% we'll, we'll be meeting up again and... Having more conversations. Thank you again, brother. No worries, man. Thank you all. And yeah, thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.